Welcome back to the Go to Go podcast, man. Episode 57, week three of the NFL season. Just around the corner, man. Week two just concluded this episode. We got another segment, Hot or Not. And then we're going to jump into our week three predictions and week two record recap as well, man. Starting off Hot or Not, uh, I guess I'll start you off this week. Mm-hmm. A little NFC East uh, Hot or Not. So, Hot or Not, the Cowboys will win the NFC East. Uh, right now, that's not a hot take. I mean, the way that Dallas defense has been playing offensively, you know, still want to see some stuff from them. They've just been playing, you know, good enough football, but haven't had to do much when their defense is, you know, scoring all those points, creating turnovers. Michael Parsons looking like the best player in football, not even best defensive player. Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs on the outside locking up. That defense is basically just carrying that team. Giants, we know what they are at this point. Big comeback win against the Arizona Cardinals. That says all you need to know there. Eagles, they look decent. Still some questions on that defensive side of the ball. You know, still trying to figure out their identity offensively. And then the Commanders have been a surprising team, 2-0, but I don't. they don't really stack up with the Cowboys. I, I think the Cowboys could possibly win the entire NFC. So saying they could win the NFC East is not a hot take at all. No doubt, no doubt, man. Next one up, hot or not, it's time to hit the panic button in Denver. That's a good one. I'm going to say that is not a hot take. I mean, both weeks, one and two, you have the lead, play decent in the first quarter in the first half, and then just kind of blow the games in similar fashion. Now, I know in this last game they had the big Hail Mary and couldn't get the two-point conversion. But still, with that lead, I think they were up like 18 or something like that at one point. You shouldn't be relying on a Hail Mary to win you a game at home against the Commanders. But, yeah, I mean, Russ has not looked sharp to end these games. There's a reason they paid Jared Stidham all that money in the offseason. You know, Sean Payton's not going for anything Russ got going on. So, I mean, I'm sh- sometime in the near future, if things don't turn around quick, we'll probably see Jared Stidham start a game for the Broncos. So so you think it's it's a rust problem? Just Well, I mean, they just signed Sean Payton, so they're not gonna say it's a nah, Sean yeah. Payton problem. Like we saw this last year with Russ and that Hackett. Everyone said, Oh, it was Nathaniel Hackett, Russ is still good, offense, injury, blah, blah, blah. Okay, coming into this year, had the whole offseason, Sean Payton said he's gonna fix everything. I think it's not been fixed. I think they're the most penalized team in the NFL as well. So, a lot of stuff just not going good on all fronts. That defense giving up a lot of points, too, we thought would be really good. Haven't been producing to where they need to be. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I wouldn't say they're the worst quarterback situation in the NFL. We'll get to that. But they're definitely up there. Yeah, no doubt, man. (laughs) Next one up. Hot or not, the NFC South will have two teams make the playoffs. That I I am gonna say is a hot take. Don't aren't don't they have like three or two undefeated teams? Three two and O teams. Three, yeah. Like, I just think that's just the way you know the schedule and stuff is shake like shaked up. Was it the Falcons, Bucks, and Saints? Yeah, yeah. Panthers zero and two. None of those games have looked really impressive. And two of those wins from all three of those teams have gone against the Panthers. Divisional. So there you yeah. go. Like, 
So, I mean, I think the Bucks out of all of those teams might look the best right now. And I'm not, I'll just say the Bucks right now look like the best team. Saints, not really impressed. Derek Carr last night looked a little shaky. That defense looks really good, but offensively, I mean, you lose Jamal Williams. Hopefully, Kamara comes back, I think, in a couple weeks, one or two weeks. So, maybe that run game gets going. I like Olave on the outside. Michael Thomas has been okay. He's been serviceable, but Derek Carr just looking like an average quarterback. I think the Saints will be a solid team. I think you picked them to win the division, which, I mean, I don't hate. At this point, I, I could see it happening, but I'm not really expecting too much from them. The Falcons... I mean, they got a good win against the Packers. I thought the Packers were the better team, but, you know, Desmond Ritter showed a little heart, a little moxie, threw the ball, actually, to Drake London a couple times. He got involved, so it was fun to see that. But B. John Robinson, man, looking like a, just a true weapon for that team. They're running all over people like we kind of predicted. So as long as they can just keep running the ball, I think they'll be an okay team. And then the Bucks, who I said I thought were the best team, Baker Mayfield, Playing some of the best football in his career right now. I believe he's the most is the best quarterback on third down in the NFL. He's airing it out a little bit. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Mike Evans Mike Evans with I think two back to back big touchdowns in week one and two. Having some good games. So that defense, they got some players, they'll be okay. But Baker Mayfield playing good enough football. And the Bucks are, I think, looking like that best team in that division. But no, I don't think they'll have two playoff contenders. Okay, okay. You know, I had two, three, two and O teams, man, in that division. Obviously, Saints got the dub against the Panthers last night. And I'm not. Yeah. Was it the Falcons week one or? Yeah, the Falcons and Saints both beat the Panthers. Yeah. So, so that Panthers are just a whole other problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's all the hot or nots I got for you this week. All right, I got a couple for you. So I'll start it off a little vanilla cupcake. Give you a few layups. Hot or not, Tua has been the league MVP thus far. It's not a hot take, man. I mean, look around the league, other quarterbacks. We know it's a QB award. It's a quarterback every year. No matter how it shakes up, whatever position you might think, this player was the most dominant. It's going to fall back into the quarterback. It's quarterback-driven league and quarterback's face of the franchise. So when you look at it, Pat Mahomes didn't have, you know, the greatest game one, week one. Week two struggled, you know, the offense has both struggled between Patrick Mahomes and T-Law, who are the two high-powered high offenses in this league. Also, I was quickly, very, very quickly, Trevor Lawrence, four touchdowns that should have happened, the receivers just couldn't get their feet in. Like, legitimately, like, four catches in the end zone, receivers didn't get their feet in. Now, could he have been a little more accurate? Yes, but like there was four opportunities for the, that Jacks team to score in the red zone, just didn't didn't get it done. Yeah, but you know you know what they're looking at, at the end of the season, man. The numbers, the production. They're not gonna look at those those four what if touchdowns because I think two is tied with Mahomes right now with the odds for MVP. And I think T lost somewhere I up thought, there. I think he's a slight favorite actually. Maybe, maybe to, today, think, yesterday. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't check the new ones. I know before last week, getting a big win. 2-0, you know, not too many 2-0 teams uh, with MVP contenders. I'm not even sure, you know, what that exact list is. But, I mean, we know it comes down to Mahomes. Uh, you know, Herbert's played some good ball, unable to win. We'll get into that. But, I mean, to say two is not the front runner, 
you know, beat the brakes off the Chargers week one with the offense, just how high-powered it was. And then last week, we saw the efficiency from Tua just being able to throw the ball when needed uh, along with the run game. And it just showed, you know, he doesn't need to air it out 460 yards like he did week one. They'll be able to win. Still really good statistical game and got the job done on the road Sunday night football against a division rival as well. Yeah, he's pretty much the leader in MVP odds right now. Yeah. So after Mahomes, who is like in right now? Well, on FanDuel, you got Tua at plus five hundred, Mahomes plus six hundred, and then Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson are like the next three. So that's the top five. Yeah, Lamar played well week two compared to his week one, but mm-hmm. Tua so far between those two weeks, the most complete player across the board especially uh, the quarterback award. Yeah, through the first two weeks, I I agree. And I think Tua's looked really good. And we've been saying as long as he's healthy, I picked him to win the division. It's looking more and more right as the season progresses. All right, kind of a little, you know, variation of what you asked me earlier. You asked me if the Cowboys could be the best team in the NFC East, so hot or not. Can they be the best? Are they the best team in the NFL? I'm going to say... You know, that's a hot take just because you mentioned that offense. You know, the question marks around Dak Prescott. Can he perform at the big stage, the big level, the turnovers? I want to see that from Dak first. This defense can solely carry them to the playoffs. Now, can they win a championship? We know great defenses have done it. Recent years, not so much. Uh, I really just want to see that offense explode. Tony Pollard's look good. You know, CD's come on as a true wide receiver one almost. And they got some pieces around. They really haven't played, you know, any tight games or anything like that. So I kind of just want to see that, how that goes, and then go from there. Yeah, it's kind of like what the Eagles were doing last year in the beginning of the season, towards the middle of the season, where it was like, they were just blowing teams out, and their defense was like the lead was so big. It was like on offense, they didn't really have to do much. So, I mean, it's the NFL. You take wins how you can get. If your defense is super, super good and creating turnovers and creating points and leads, like, and your offense doesn't have to do all that, it's a luxury. So, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, like penalizing them for it, but just knowing what Dak has been in the past, you kind of want to see something like that before you call them you know, favorites to go to the Super Bowl. No, I agree. All right. Hot or not, a Kirk Cousins trade will save the Jets and Vikings season. I'm going to say that's a hot take just because I'm not sure if it's going to save the Vikings season. I know they're 0-2, you know, maybe looking into next year. Justin Jefferson, contract the year. We know we didn't get the deal done before the year. There's going to be big talks this offseason of what the plan is for Justin Jefferson. And right now, I mean, I want to see what the Jets are offering. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a stellar package for Kirk Cousins at this point. And, you know, I, I don't think he's on a friendly deal. I'm not sure how many years are left, maybe two or one. On Kirk's deal? Yeah. I think it's a one-year deal, it's so it's a year. rental, yeah. Yeah, so you're not going to get much value for Kirk. So you're basically throwing in the towel. And then what? You enter the Caleb Williams sweepstakes where you still have a generational talent in Justin Jefferson, a team that can win now almost. Um, they've had tough breaks first two weeks. 
You look at week one, you know, Kirk, not the best game. Justin Jefferson, week two, the fumble into the end zone. Tough break there. You, you flip one play, you know, the Vikings are one and one, 500, and they're at the top, tied at the top of the NFC North and winning that division. So it, it's a game of football, man. It's one play, make or break. We'll see, you know, in the following 16 weeks if they can turn it around and win some games. But I don't think they're just out of it. They're in that NFC North uh, to where, you know, it's a winnable it's a winnable division. It's up for grabs. No one's really proven over there. So I still think the Vikings got a shot. Now, would it save the Jets' seasons? I would say yes because the Jets, Zach Wilson, we saw what happened last week. He looks <laughs> lost out there. I mean, it, it's plain and simple, you know, first round pick it just it hasn't panned out maybe a fresh start for Zach would be good but I, I just the Jets right now is too much into that loss of Rodgers and Zach Wilson that defense plays well but how much can they really carry a team and elevate them it's, it's the same thing as last year yeah I, I think it'd be an interesting trade uh on the Vikings side I mean I, I'd be interested just because Kirk is on that one year deal and you know there's no guarantee he'll be back and do you want to pay Kirk Cousins at this point if you're the Vikings and you have you know contracts like Justin Jefferson coming up so I mean and there's a few decent quarterback prospects in next year's draft you want maybe you want that rookie deal that cheap deal even if you don't get Caleb Williams there's a couple very nice consolation prizes if you're picking early in the draft so It'll definitely be interesting to see how these next couple weeks shake out for the Vikings. And the last one, kind of sticking with the Vikings, but hot or not, all of the notable 0-2 teams will miss the playoffs. So this includes the Vikings, like we just talked about. The Bengals are 0-2, Chargers, Broncos, and Patriots. I'm going to say that's not a hot take, man. And I think the Vikings and I can't even right now confidently say the Chargers but I think those two teams are the top two. To be honest, Joe Burrow banged up, re-aggravates his injury in week two. Not looking good for the Bengals right now. The Patriots, we know, I really don't think they have you know, a playoff caliber team. The Vikings could sneak in there. The Chargers possibly maybe a wild card. They could still win a division at this point. But, you know, Kansas City being over there in that West. The Broncos, we just talked about their problems with Russell Wilson, Sean Payton. Are they on the same page? What's going on over there? Two blown leads and two very easily easily winnable games. So you look at it, it's, it comes down to the Vikings. It's kind of like the favorite to break it just because they're in that NFC North. And, I mean, the NFC North, they're playing good football. Um, you mentioned, you know, the pack. They played, you know, great week one. Great week two, just, you know, a sort of bit of fourth quarter meltdown from the pack that could have been avoided as well. Desmond Ritter showed out. Mm. You said that. But, I, I mean, it's not crazy to say that, you know, all three or four or five of those teams missed the playoffs. Five, five. yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there was other 0-2 teams, but, I mean, those are kind of teams we really Panthers, didn't expect. Yeah. Like, the Panthers are on to the Bears. Who Were you a little high on the Bears going into this year? I, I think, can't remember. I think I had them. I still got my notes. I kept them this year, so yeah. I'll, I'll take a look back real quick. Yeah, the Bears are 0-2, and Justin Fields not looking that entire, like that everything with that that Bears team just isn't looking really good at this point. Um, Well, I had the Bears in fourth. 
Okay, so yeah. I All didn't right. put a record down, but I had them at fourth. Yeah, I had so. Lions one, Vikings two, um, Pack three, Bears four. So it's kind of stacking up almost that way. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe a couple other teams are on too, but I mean, it's, we didn't really expect them to be in contention. Those are the main like five teams where going into this year, some people had them winning the division. I believe I had the Bengals winning the AFC North. Yeah, Pats thought maybe they could be a little competitive. The Broncos, would they turn things around? The Chargers in my MVP pick, who we'll get to that. And the Vikings, who you thought could be a competitive team, who, yeah. Just right now, just that's like the NFL. It shapes out kind of weird. That's how it goes. But, yeah, let's get on to those predictions and the picks for week three, and we'll talk about some of these teams. That's going to conclude our hot or not, man. Moving on to our predictions for week three, quickly recapping, you know, that week two um, record I was up. Week one, this one a little bit tighter, slight edge to me once again. Um, no, I Oh, think, no, no, you won this yeah, week. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm yeah. tripping. Slight edge to you this week. You went 11 and 5. I went 10 and 6, so I repeated my record. I'm sitting at 20 and 12. You're sitting at 19. And 13, man. So tight race so far through two weeks. Week three, starting to shake it up a little bit. Quick Thursday night turnaround for those Giants. You kind of mentioned a little bit earlier. Giants traveling to San Francisco to play the 49ers. Who you got, man? Yeah. Even if Saquon Barkley was fully healthy and playing this game, I think the 49ers, they're a lot of people's pick for best team in the league, favored by 10 points. At home for San Francisco, I believe this is their home opener. Week one, they well, at, no, no, they played. No, they, they played, played in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yep. Although a 49ers game at SoFi in LA is basically a home game, but this will be their first, mm-hmm. first true game at home. So yeah, it should be fun. Brock Purdy, he's just he's continuing to be Brock Purdy. He's playing good enough football with the weapons around him. Christian McCaffrey's balling out. Ayuk and Debo both getting involved offensively and defensively. They're continuing to improve and continuing to look like one of the best units in football. I think this 49ers team would be a tough out for anybody. Giants, little banged up, like a giant comeback. (laughs) No pun intended. On the road against the Cardinals kind of took a lot out of that team. And to just turn it around and go ask them to try to beat one of the best teams in the league on the road would be a tough ask. Now... I was a Giants fan. This is probably exactly when I would want to play the 49ers on a short week in the beginning of the year, kind of maybe catch them off guard, just get it out of the way. But honestly, the 49ers are just too good of a team. I think they handle business against the Giants. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. The Giants come back. I mean, they they give up 60 unanswered points to start the season. You come back, (laughs) win that football game. It's impressive. Even though it is against the Cardinals, you still got to give them credit just for their fight. And like you mentioned, this might be, you know, a trap game almost for the 49ers. Um, But I think you covered it pretty well. One thing I will say, any game at SoFi is a home game for the opposing team. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I mean, even week one when the Dolphins played the Chargers, I remember hearing, like, cheers for the Dolphins. I mean, Herbert had the ball. I think they almost went to a silent snap count. Like, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a, in Miami for a quick second. 
So yeah, there yeah. was a, there was a lot of a lot of red in that stadium for the Rams against the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it's tough for those LA teams. Yeah, so who's the home team for when the Chargers and Rams play each other? Yeah, or is everyone just in LA so they don't they don't go to the game? No, I think it's still gonna be packed. I just think no one's they're just they're just pick there a side. For, yeah. <laughs> I think it's whoever's there the for like the, the event more than the football games is there like for the experience, not really for the game. Yeah, like you probably have <laughs> Drewski on the sideline, like dapping some jits up. Like it, it, it's just a celeb show out there, man. Yeah, That's all it is it in becomes LA. More of an event than a football game. And I, I just want to. I mean, it's like a concert almost if you think about it. Concert, yeah. It's like Sunday, yo. What's the plays? Like, let's go to the game, bro. Let's drop four hundred dollars and not root for our team, like. You know, and, and it's tough for the true fans out there in L.A. or, you know, former San Diego Chargers or St. Louis Rams fans that, you know, probably are diehard fans that would rock out for their for their team. But, you know, the NFL is a money grab marketing in L.A. They know they can make the money off the rich people out there. And it, it kind of sucks. I feel bad for those fan bases yeah. of those teams because they left for a reason. I mean, did they leave for a reason? I mean. It, it, it's tough, man. Uh, it happens in the league all the time, though. Many leagues across sports. So, you know, it's kind of happening to the A's right now in baseball as well. But it it's tough playing there. I got 49ers week one. Got a little sidetracked from the pickums, But uh, I'm agreeing with you on that pick. Which leads us to the Atlanta Falcons going to Detroit playing the Lions. Chauncey Gardner likely has a torn pec. Probably out for the season. I like the little ski mask vibe. They were rocking week two until they blew it against the Seahawks. But Falcons, Lions, who you got? Yeah, I'm going to pick the Lions simply because I think this is like two teams that are very different schematically wise. And I think it'll just favor the Lions a little bit more. In today's modern NFL, at home, Jared Goff has been really, really good. I think he threw his like first interception in I don't know how many pass attempts, but it was a lot. He was on pace, I think like 30 passes or something to beat the record of pass attempts without an interception. So Jared Goff at home, the Lions are going to score a bunch of points. No David Montgomery, but they still have the explosive rookie in Jameer Gibbs. Amon Ra got a little banged up. Hopefully he'll be okay. He's a really tough guy, but they got a couple decent weapons out there on the outside. And defensively, I think they'll be good enough against this Falcon team. As long as Jared Goff can go out there and give this Lions team a win, basically just force the Atlanta Falcons to have to throw the ball and not just run it on three downs like they want to. I think the Lions can handle business, and I think that's what happens. So I'm going to pick Detroit. Yeah, I got I got the Lions too, man. And it's kind of funny. Last week, week two, I was watching Falcons play, and I'm like, you know, I'm a Jameer Gibbs owner in one of my fantasy leagues. And I was so watching – In both of my leagues. <laughs> so, you know, Jameer Gibbs, high upside – we know what he can do. He's a talented running back. And I was watching Bijan week one, you know, it's kind of the Tyler Algier show. Bijan did touch paint, but he didn't get his touches. Week two of the Falcons said, you know, we're going to lean on Bijan. And he made plays big time when they needed it, breaking tackles, getting out in space, making chunk plays at the running back position. So big for a team, especially a team like the Falcons that run the football. And I kind of, you know, I was – Hoping maybe Dan Campbell's taking some notes week two, watching film, watch how they use Bijan. Start getting Jameer Gibbs 
into the lineup, get him on the field, get him some plays, and get him out in space. Just design a couple runs, maybe a quick couple passes to him out of the backfield. And that's something I kind of want to see from the Lions, especially you mentioned the Amin Ra banged up a little bit. I want to see Jameer Gibbs kind of get into the game like Bijan did last week. Um, but two you know, different teams like you mentioned. Heavy run in the Falcons, Lions, knowing to pass the football. And, I mean, come on. It's, it's time. I think David Montgomery's hurt. Yeah, quad injury. So, I don't, he won't be playing. So, it should be, you know, Jameer Gibbs showcase. Now, will it? We'll see. I don't even know who who's their backup or whatever or who else they have to carry the ball. But, Bijan, even on week one, he got a – he was getting a lot of touches in. They use him a lot in Atlanta in a lot of different ways. Line him up outside. He catches a lot of passes out of the backfield because Bijan's such a good receiver. And catching tosses, running it. Like, he's just a, a an amazing running back. For Jameer Gibbs and the Lions, you don't really see that running volume like you would like. He's been catching passes in week one. He caught a few nice passes. But they're just using him more as like a gadget guy at this point. And when you draft somebody, you know, I think was it number 12 overall, you would like to see them get utilized a lot more. I think eventually it would happen. Be nice if it happened sooner, you know, for fantasy purposes. But I do believe eventually, you know, Jameer Gibbs, his talent, his skill set just kind of will demand him to be on the field. So I think eventually it'll come through. Maybe this is a great opportunity. This week, but, I mean, this is the modern-day NFL. It's running back by committee for every team. So, who knows? Third-string running back, Craig Reynolds. You ever yeah, heard of him? I haven't. No, I Shout out either. Craig Reynolds, though. Yeah, he'll probably get some touches, man. But it's the week for Gibbs, man. That's going to move us to the 0-2 showdown, man. The Los Angeles Chargers, they're going to play in Minnesota against the Vikings. Who's your pick? Now, I know I've been the Chargers guy on this episode or on this podcast. I've been, you know, not even, no, let me not say Chargers guy. I've been the Justin Herbert guy, okay? I'm a believer in Herbert, not in this Chargers team. You were high on the team, though. Brandon Staley and this coaching staff has failed Justin Herbert. This defense is not good at all. And... I'm surprised you didn't bring that up earlier in the show. I was anticipating it. So I have some stuff to bring up. So we'll talk about that. But at home, Vegas has it as a pick em. I'm going to pick the Vikings. I think the Vikings right now are the slightly better team. And when it just comes down to Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson at home, I trust them to make some big plays. Jordan, Jordan Addison excuse me, has been a very explosive rookie. A lot of big plays from him. Running the ball has been shaky. Defensively, they've been okay. Nothing crazy. You would like to see them step up under that Brian Flores scheme, but they just need to cut down their turnovers. I, like you, I think against the Eagles, they fumbled the ball four times. A couple fumbles against the Bucks as well. Kirk Cousins turnover, I believe. You just got to cut down on the turnovers, and I think this Vikings team will be okay. The Chargers, on the other hand, Justin Herbert is doing all he can do for this team. It's just defense is letting them down. So that leads me into this little segment. I got some numbers here for you, all right? Okay. I'll read off some numbers, 
I want you to guess the team. All right. So I have points scored and points allowed and how many turnovers they have through two games this year. So this team has scored 60 points and only allowed 30 points and have committed one turn, one turnover. So they're plus 30 and their point differential. That's, well, just guess what? This is a pretty good team. What team do you think this is? 60 and 30. And it's not the two teams we were just talking about. Make it... Ooh, the Vikings and... Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. These are five different teams. Oh, you got five different teams. So 60-30, yeah. I got to go... Only one turnover. Only one turnover. Yeah. Um, The Cowboys then let up 30. No, the Cowboys... I was um, going to put the Cowboys, but they were like too, too obscure. Yeah, yeah, 70 and 10. I'm going to go... Dang, that's a tough. I'm gonna go. Let's go with the uh, Ravens. That's a good guess. No, it's the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Yeah. So a really good team. All right. The next team have scored 59 points and allowed 48. So they're plus 11 in their that's, point that's differential. That's the Dolphins with two turnovers. It's not the Dolphins. No. It's, it was the number 60. Scored 59. 59 and allowed okay. 48. And allowed 48. Is this one? Baltimore. No, it's not Dang, Baltimore. What? That's a good guess. It's the Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's two, you know, people consider top five teams. Really, really good teams. Okay. You were really you anticipating uh, me to ask this question. Okay. You don't ahead. think you don't think the Chargers are that good? Okay, I get it. This next team has scored fifty three points, allowed forty three points, plus ten differential, two turnovers on the year. What team do you think this is? Um, we did the Bills, right? No, it's not the Bills. Um, I mean, my guess would be the Ravens again, but no, it's not the Ravens. The Ravens aren't on here. Stop guessing them. It's a team worse. Why it's keep, the Rams. Why you keep? Why you keep telling me good guess with the Ravens? It's not. It's I, I want to know what their number. Go ahead. It's, it's the, the Rams. Rams. Yeah, the Rams will score fifty-three points and allow forty-three points. Okay. Plus 10, two turnovers. This team is one and one, all right? Puka Nakua. Yeah, and they were very competitive against the 49ers until that fourth quarter. All right. The Rams, they're surprising people. Okay, I get it. This next team has scored 55 points and allowed 49 points. So they're plus six, and they have three turnovers on the year. This team is the Commanders, <laughs> okay? They're 2-0. and oh. And then... A little special one for you and your Browns, just to let you know. They've scored 50 points and allowed 25, so they're plus 25 with six turnovers. And one and one. Yeah, and one and one. All right. So now, guess the Chargers numbers. It's around, because these numbers I picked are similar. So how many points do you think the Chargers have scored? I'm going to say they've scored 62 points. That's close. They've scored 58 points. 58, With how okay. many turnovers? I'm going to say... One to two turnovers. With zero turnovers. Okay. Hmm. How many points have they allowed on defense? 70. No, this is not that high. Probably 65. That's a very good guess. They've allowed 63 total points. They're minus five in their point differential. Justin Herbert has completed 67% of his passes with over 500 yards in two games. No turnovers, not even on Justin Herbert. No interceptions or fumbles, but no turnovers offensively in total none of the running backs have fumbled they have not lost the ball on offense this is not justin herbert's fault 
why this team is as bad as they are. With that being said, I don't think the Chargers have good surrounding talent for Justin Herbert. I think the Vikings are slightly better, so I'll pick the Minnesota Vikings. You know, there was only one reason I didn't ask you that. I was hoping if I asked you that, or if I didn't ask you that, you would be friendly with me as well. It's kind of like putting good karma in the air, maybe. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, listen. There's... I like I like the facts. I like those little point numbers you yeah, got yeah, right yeah. there. Because, you know, I've been seeing the discourse. The Justin Herbert, quarterback. social media quarterback. He's not that guy. And listen, I get it. Shout out, There's Emmanuel. been opportunities, but Justin Herbert and his offense has done enough for this team to win games. Now, would you like him to go down the last drive and score a touchdown on that drive instead of a field goal against the Titans? Yes, but that defense has not helped him at all. Ryan Tannehill, who week one, we thought he looked better with a headset and visor on instead of a helmet on the sideline, turned back the clock and looked like he was leading Miami back to the playoffs. Two deep balls, getting everyone involved, trailing Burks. D-Hop looked really good against that defense. And then we all saw what happened week one. Tyreek Hill and Tua Tagovailoa put on an offensive clinic against them. So there's, I think there's going to be some real changes. I don't think Brandon Staley will have a job for much longer. Offensively, the Chargers are not having issues. It's everything else. Yeah. Um, you can make your pick. <laughs> the Dolphins, we he struggled on that la- that last drive, but I, I I know where you're coming from. Well, okay, I'll, but yeah, I'll give you that. That last drive could have been better. I, I don't I don't think he played bad in the Titans. The Titans field goal. I I thought that was a great drive. Like you lead your team down, put them in field goal range. Yeah, it's what great quarterbacks do. You look at Tom Brady, Adam Vinatieri kicking a lot of game winning field goals. Yeah, and, et cetera. In that Dolphins game, he scored. 34 points like, oh, yeah. in an NFL game. That should be enough for your team to win. And I know in overtime, they received the ball. They went three and out. That's not the best. Maybe you would want to see him go down and win. But at that point, there's just so much going on. It's, he can only do so much. So, yeah, it, I think there's – there's moral of the story is I think there are deeper issues than just Justin Herbert on this Chargers team. So, I think they'll go three and – or 0 oh and 3, excuse me. Just just a quick question. Tua or Herbert? Right now or overall? Just, yeah, like right now. Well, I right mean, now, like, the way this season is going, like. I'm saying, like, you have two Tua's, quarterbacks right now. You could put them, you know, rosters aside. You're taking Herbert or Tua? Rosters aside, I would still take Justin Herbert over okay. Tua. But if we're taking in consideration Everything and the way Tua is playing right now with Tua's weapons and Mike McDaniel, the way he's scheming stuff up and playing to Tua's strengths and abilities. No, Tua is playing absolutely amazing football right now. I'm not taking that away from Tua, but there's so you're a, saying if there's a Herbert hasn't even hit his ceiling. I'm not. Well, yes, Herbert hasn't hit his ceiling, and I don't think. Well, Her- Herbert's playing fine right now. It's just overall. The Chargers aren't playing bad. Like, uh, that's the only thing. Justin Herbert's playing good football right now. Tua and that scheme is, they're just letting it to a little better. And he's, they're playing better football. They have better weapons. Like, yeah, Tua's playing better football right now, but I would take Tua, I would take Herbert over Tua as a quarterback, like a pure quarterback. Well, I'm here to shock the world, man. You know, I was higher on the Vikings than the Chargers probably at the start of the season. 
both 0-2. And, and the Vikings, I don't got them getting over the hump this week, man. I got I got the Chargers defense making a play. Wow. I got the Chargers defense making probably just one play the whole game, but I got the Chargers making it. It's going to be a shootout, classic. Um, I think the Vikings and, you know, Alex Madison got a lot of slander last week. Um, I think he bounces back. I think it's a big day from Alex Madison. I'm, I'm saying, you know, 75-plus yards, touches paint, um, you know, efficient, four yards plus a carry. And obviously I expect this Viking offense to explode as well between Jay Jets and, you know, K.J. Osborne. He looked good last week for the Vikings. Um, Jordan Addison, he looked good as well. Um so you get those weapons involved. T.J. Hawkinson, we know, good red zone target for Kirk. But I got the Chargers just getting the edge. Herbert, maybe get that that dust, the 0-2 dust off the shoulder. Just hold Staley on just for, you know, a little longer. Just keep his thread hanging. <laughs> no, the Chargers need to lose so they can get rid of Stan. <laughs> uh, next game up, man. New Orleans, 2-0 New Orleans Saints. Travel to Lambeau to play the Packers, man, in Green Bay. Who do you have? I'm going to take the Packers at home. Jordan Love, I believe, is tied for the league lead in touchdown passes this year with six. I forgot who else is up there with him. I can't remember right now. But I know Jordan Love is definitely up there. Uh, Hopefully, maybe Aaron Jones comes back. Christian Watson, do we get to see him play his first game of the year? Two guys dealing with some lower body issues. Hopefully, they get back healthy. But overall, I think this Packers defense is solid. Now, you know, we did see a couple miscues against the Falcons, and Jair Alexander didn't have the best game. But overall, I think talent-wise, this Packers team is better than the Saints. Now, the Saints have a solid defense, but offensively, I do have some concerns. Like, will they able, will they be able to run the ball at all? And outside of Chris Olave and Shahid's one big reception down the sideline a game, what explosive offense do they have? Now, Michael Thomas, you know, will, he'll get involved underneath. Do you trust Derek Carr on the road in a hostile environment? And I just think Jordan Love has been playing solid football, making all the right reads, playing the way Matt LaFleur and his offense wants him to play. He's playing in the system. He's being a really good system quarterback. And I think if you want to be a solid team in the league and win games like that, then it's possible. And I think the Packers have shown that they have that ability. Now, Although their only win is against the Bears, who look like, you know, one of the, if not the worst team in the league. They were competitive against a what looks to be a solid Falcons team. But this is kind of what I expect the Packers to be. A solid team, in contention, but at home, should give them the advantage at Lambeau. I think we see a solid game overall by this Packers team. I think Jordan Love does just enough what he's asked for, which shouldn't be much to beat this Saints team. And... I've been kind of like a, I guess, a Jordan Love doubter, man. I think he's played some spectacular football at this point. Not turning the football over, you know, getting the ball in the end zone. That's that's what football is about. I've loved the way he's looked. My question is, Aaron Jones, I think he's such a key piece of this offense, not only running the football, but his ability to catch the football as well and being that kind of safety blanket for Jordan Love with the check downs and whatnot. A.J. Dillon, you know, a couple years, you know, kind of now, like, is he going to get it going? Is 
There's a reason he's a backup. Like, yeah, I, I really I have no faith in AJ Dillon, not even you know as a backup in football right now. And I think that that Aaron Jones is such a key piece of this offense. Big question mark. Even if you know Christian Watson's out, they had uh what Jaden Reed step up. He had a couple touchdown pa- uh, catches. So, Musgrave has looked solid as well. Musgrave, and we know Dobbs can catch as well. And you know that's not even mentioning last year's breakout Christian Watson. But I. If Aaron Jones doesn't play, I don't think the Packers win. If he does play, I guess I got to stick with my pick, but I'm going to rock with the Saints. I've loved the way Chris Olave has looked so far this season. This is the last game without Alvin Kamara. He comes back week four, serving that three-game suspension. And I think the Saints get a little momentum, and I think they get a huge hostile win. And I think it, it doesn't even go back. Uh, Jordan Love, I think he has another you know spectacular game, but... I just I don't think Aaron Jones is gonna play, and I really that running back room scares me, taking the pressure off a young quarterback like Jay Love. But I, I still think he does solid. He's really you know so far of what he's been asked to do, he's done it all, and then maybe a little bit more, maybe open up the offense, see what you know, let him sling it a little bit down the field. I'd like to see that out of the Packers, just kind of seeing what what Jordan Love can do at this point right now, but. Got the Saints upset, you know, went on the road against the Pack. That's going to move us to arguably the worst team in football. The Houston Texans traveling to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. I'm going to take Jacksonville at home, and I think this will be a pretty decently fun game offensively. C.J. Stroud has, I believe, is one of the league leaders in passing. They've been throwing the ball so much and down there in Houston, partly because their defense isn't good, and they've been down in both games. So I think you see more of C.J. Stroud basically just getting reps. He's throwing the ball all over the place. Nico Collins has looked solid. Robert Woods, you know, at the latter part of his career, but a decent option in the middle of the field. And Tank Dell kind of, you know, exploded onto the scene last week, had a really nice game himself. So... C.J. Stroud has some solid weapons. He's been distributing the ball nicely for this Houston's team. He just really has no O-line. Run game is pretty much irrelevant just because they're always down. And defensively, they let up a lot of points. And the Jags against the Chiefs was a tough game. Only scored nine points. But like I mentioned, had ample opportunities in the red zone to get touchdowns. Just couldn't quite connect. And against a solid Chiefs defense, you can see it happening. I think a game against the Texans. It's where the Jaguars kind of get back on schedule. Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley, that connection gets going again. Christian Kirk had a really big game last week, I believe. Zay Jones got in the end zone week one almost twice, I believe, last week. So maybe we see him get back on track. And I think you'll see a big, big running game against this Texans team who's been susceptible to the run. They get a little league in Jacksonville and just handed off to ETN and, uh, I believe, Tank Bigsby and kind of just run out that clock. So... Jags by nine, I think, is a solid number, and I think the Jags take care of business at home against a division rival. I was about to say, you could, I, I'm confident kind of riding in this this spread for the Jags at the minus nine, but I also got the Jags at home. You mentioned C.J. Stroud and his ability to pass the football. Been impressed with that so far this year. Told you Nico Collins is going to be a problem on the outside. He's had two solid games, one really, really good game last week. But, yeah, I mean, you're playing from behind all the time. Rookie quarterback, defenses, 
suspect at best. Like, it, it, it's a tough ass. There's a reason, you know, the Texans were draft had two top five draft picks. Like, <laughs> it wasn't by mistake. I know they traded one, but regardless, they, they still took two top five picks. No, yeah, but I'm saying like they had a trade. Uh, they trade what one spot? Yeah, but to get to even get into it, but you you know what I say. Anyways, but they did they did trade back and they ended up taking Will Anderson with that pick. Um, I mean it's just you know the roster it's it's not there. They're asking C.J. Stroud to do a lot, and I mean he has performed very well. Yeah, probably. he's looked solid for a rookie. Not horrible, but he's looked okay. Yeah, probably the best rookie quarterback so far this year is cj stroud well i would say between him and anthony richardson but oh yeah considering you know concussion and the injuries so far for richardson i would give it to stroud yeah i forgot ar has looked nice um but i mean I, I got the jags i expect calvin ridley to get back on track had a big week one silence week two you know i expect the these playmakers on the outside to get busy t law hooking them up they're going to see the end zone much more this week at home than they did against the Chiefs, which moves us on to another 0-2 team in the Denver Broncos and the Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. Uh, Ride takes a trip down to the Hard Rock in Miami to play the Dolphins. Who is your pick? I'm going to pick Miami. Um, This game has the potential to just be very ugly and – Possibly might be our last time seeing Russell Wilson. Just possibly. Now, I think eventually it'll come, maybe closer to the bye week. But, I mean, against this Miami team, it's going to be a tough out for anyone defensively. You know what they're going to do. They're going to score a bunch of points. Tyreek Hill's super explosive. Jalen Waddle, I believe, has a chance to play. Saw he was in concussion protocol, but hopes are he clears all protocols and is able to get back on the field. But regardless, Mostert looked really good on the ground last week. Now, hopefully you don't have to give him the ball 25 times every week because we know how he holds up. But regardless, it was nice to see the Dolphins be able to run the ball and not just pass, pass, pass. Shows they have little versatility. I mean, defense so far, they've done enough to get the job done. Showed improvements from week one where they let up 34 points. Kind of looked a lot better against Mac Jones and that questionable Patriots offense. But regardless, their defense has been doing enough offensively one of the most explosive offenses and as long as Tua is upright and Mike McDaniels is calling plays and they got those two guys or one of those two guys on the outside stretching the field I think the Dolphins will be very competitive explosive fun team to watch they'll score score a bunch of points their first home game I believe give me Miami I mean I, I got the Dolphins too but last year we won we went to that that Dolphins Browns game it, it was the running back show between Jeff Wilson, a little bit of Raheem Mostert. We saw that last week against the Pats. Raheem Mostert, as a Dolphins fan, I like, I don't even like, I love watching Raheem Mostert run the football so fast. And he puts his head down and he can run you over too. Like, he's not just a speed back. He can really uh, be a power back as well. His change of direction so elite. The question is, can he stay healthy? That's always been the question in Raheem Mostert's career, even when he was carrying the 49ers to NFC Championship games with the team on his back, 200 yards in the playoffs, whatnot. But, I mean, I think you touched on it. The Broncos, you might see, you know, 
a little bit from the defense, maybe step up a little. I really don't don't see it. The Dolphins' defense has looked suspect. X, um, Mr. Four BMs this this week uh, had a huge pick last week against Mac Jones. Uh, it's good to see him kind of healthy, you know, back to that form to where he's you know one of the best man press uh, DBs in the league. And it's been the interior of the Dolphins that have struggled. Alex Van or Andrew Van Geekel, excuse me, has looked excellent off the edge. I mean, a couple injuries to Jalen Phillips. He was coming off the edge last week for the Dolphins. And he was getting after Mac Jones and no problem. Hopefully we get Jalen Phillips back at that DN. Van Geekel get back to that normal linebacker, you know, sub package pass rusher. But the the defense is my focus on the Dolphins. We know the offense explosive. I want to see the the defense tighten things up against a semi struggling, you know, second half meltdown team in Denver Broncos uh, this week. So Dolphins minus six and a half might hammer that this week. Um, next one up, man. Titans, Tennessee Titans traveling to Cleveland to play the Browns. Who's your pick, man? Yeah, I'm going to pick the Tennessee Titans. Now, we'll talk about the Browns. We'll get into it. Very unfortunate what happened with Nick Chubb. Really, really gruesome injury. Hate to see it. Like you said, I mean, he's a great football guy. Hate it has to happen to him in that same leg that he kind of messed up in college. So, it's tough. But, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you say, all right, worst case scenario our star running back, Nick Chubb, who we think is the best running back in the league, and you have a fair argument. God forbid he goes down for the season. Oh, great. We have our fully guaranteed $200 million plus five-year quarterback that we handed the keys of the franchise to. At least we can rely on him, right? Well, it didn't look like it last night. Now, against a really good... Pittsburgh team, but still, the way you're paying Sean Watson, the way you would hope to have seen him take strides in this offense, and just the way that game looked and the way he played last night was not convincing at all. And if I were you, if I was a Browns fan, I would be panicking right now. I'm not sure how they're favored against the Titans team, who last week got a tough win against the Chargers, who are... They're going to out-coach the Browns, I can tell you that. Mike Vrabel is one of the best coaches in the league. They're going to be really, really tough. They have a solid defense. What do they do best? Take away the run. You can't run on the Titans. Well, the Browns just lost one of the best running backs in the league. So you're going to have to throw. Sean Watson didn't really look good. Elijah Moore had a few opportunities on the sideline. Couldn't get the feet in. Amari Cooper, he looked solid. He had a decent game. Njoku... Got him involved a little bit, but not really. So, it's just tough. In Cleveland, they have a really, 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 really good defense. And they're going to have to rely on their defense scoring touchdowns again if they want to beat any of these teams in the league. It's tough. It's a very unfortunate situation what happened with Nate Chubb, who looked to be off to a really good start. He's had a few nice carries. A couple, I believe, a first down run. Not mistaken, but he looked really good to start. Very, very unfortunate injury and did not look good for Deshaun Watson. A couple face mask penalties, shoving refs. Just, you know, not 
what you want to see character wise from a guy who already has major character concerns. So that'd be my biggest issue. And the fact that you're basically stuck with him for the next three to four years. There's no way you can release him. And what might, you know, make all of this worse, your possible franchise quarterback is on the bench behind him in DCR, who looked really good in the preseason. That's all I'm saying. But, yeah, give me the Titans. Um, A lot to unpack. Well, first off, just real quick, since it's kind of recent, the DTR thing. I like him. Um, Preseason, Kenny Pickett was a god. So, I just want to keep that in mind. It is preseason football first things first nick chubb is a browns fan i put on my guardian shirt today i couldn't find my little nick chubb t-shirt nor does it probably fit me anymore but uh, that was devastating i mean he went down and i think all my emotions of the game left yesterday still watched it uh thought all today i didn't really sleep last night it kind of sounded like the jets coaching staff right now when rogers went down (laughs) A little bit crazy, man. It was a it was a very very slow morning for me to say the least. But at some point, this is football injuries happen. Prayers up to Nick Chubb. Hopefully, you know if he does decide to even play football again, that he could you know come back healthy because the second time dislocating you know a knee and multiple multiple ligament injuries, it's not good. Seen some comparisons to where Todd Gurley when he tore his ACL and came back. He didn't have any juice left in his tank when he came back for the Falcons. So it's like, you know, prayers up to to Chubb. He embodies everything in Cleveland and just a class act, man. Obviously, favorite favorite running back in the league, best running back in the league, no debate. Uh, sad to say, now into the football aspect <laughs> of things. I did get into that, you know, thinking about that all day today too. First things first, you're calling for – uh, Staley's head over there in LA. Kevin Stefanski needs to be gone, man. I think he's Nick Chubb made, um, made a playoff run with Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield made. Not even. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's honestly, it's atrocious. The offense he runs, the the route concepts, the route trees, the play design. It, it it's all bad. I mean, I think it was what the the play Deshaun Watson fumbled. We're running a speed option. With our, you know, supposed two hundred thirty million dollar franchise quarterback, fully guaranteed. Um, then also, I think on a third down play, you run a weak side rollout to where you're letting a free rusher coming at Deshaun Watson right, right to him. Uh, that's just few, few of the plays that he called that were absolutely atrocious. Um, so I've never seen, you know, switching scheme midseason. This might be the first. <laughs> First thing that needs to happen because you know you're down Nick Chubb. If before I even get into Deshaun, Jedrick Wills, he should also be locked up um, for fraud as well because uh, the touchdown where the Steelers got the strip sack that changed the game, gave the Steelers the lead. It's a free rusher coming off the edge, and he, he didn't hit him with the move. He just ran right past Jedrick Wills, sacked, strip sacked Deshaun Watson, and Jedrick. Watched the football come out of his hands, stood there, and said, nah, I'm not going to run after him. Joel Batonio, who's about eight yards up the field, he's, he actually chased after um, the scoop and score of Watt. But Jedrick, he just stood there. Uh, first round pick, yeah, he, he needs to be, you know, I, it was atrocious. The, the pass 
The pass protection sucks. The pocket collapsed a majority of the night. And when you have concepts of Kevin Stefanski that take three and a half seconds to run a 15-yard route, it it's not the easy task. I'm not giving Deshaun Watson a free pass at all. Um, he was bad. Kevin Stefanski was the worst. The O-line was terrible. Um, Omari Cooper was great. Contested catches all night. I liked Pat Pete looking like burnt toast out there. Man. He was. And, I, I mean, I could sit here. I could argue um, they didn't call the face mask on Deshaun Watson when his face mask was grabbed. Talk about um, talking about his character concerns. I, I liked it, man. I, it was a chippy <laughs> game. I liked, liked they, it. They were, they were at that point in time, man. I didn't even care about the football game. I, I like the chippiness. Um, yeah, but it, it wasn't even just him. It's Kevin Safansky, another undisciplined team. The penalties, penalties, hold, 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 false start, hold, hold on plays that they did, did not need to happen. It was it was something else, something that it, every year he just – one of the most penalized teams in the NFL – and it's going to continue to be like that because I don't think he knows how to coach football. Um, he needs to be locked up. Deshaun Watson, the only times he looked comfortable were quick passes or the deep ball. And when you turn on the tape from Houston Texans, what's the one thing Deshaun Watson excelled at above everyone else in the league? It's the deep ball. I barely saw Marquise Goodwin uh, on the field at all. And when he was, I think the Steelers knew he was running to go. And that was the most comfortable Sean looked all night, and he threw it to right to Levi Wallace. He zipped a couple in there. But these long drops, when you're asking him to climb deep into the pocket, and you got T.J. Watt going around, Dewan Jones, Jedrick Wills, it, it's tough. He doesn't get a break. He had a couple, you know, makeable throws, in my opinion, that should have been delivered. A couple misses on a couple reads. But by nature, I mean, they should get him going. I know they tried to when the ball hit Harrison Bryant's hands the first play of the game for a pick six. Try to get it out quick, but they didn't even try to get the playmakers involved. It's like, you know, you got Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, David Njoku. When they touched the ball, something good was happening. And they couldn't get the ball to them. And it's partly play design. You have to get the ball into your playmakers' hands if you want to see Good outcomes. When it got to Njoku on the quick passes, he runs up the field, 20-yard chunk play. Elijah Moore makes a guy miss. And then the hold at the end of the game on DPJ once again. I mean, I'm not even mad at it. I, I could care less that they lost this football game. Biggest loss, Nick Chubb, man. Browns defense, amazing. I mean, I don't even need to get into it. The best DB room in the NFL. Mark my words, end of the season between... You know, I don't know if George Pickens might have something to say about that. What? What do you mean? That big he... post, man. Oh, you're talking about a play where we sent a blitz and left a man-to-man on a, a post? of the... hey, It is what it is, man. He caught one ball for the whole night. The Steelers didn't have a play in the red zone. like I mean, No, the Steelers' offense is a different topic we'll touch on when we get to yeah, the Steelers. Yeah, but best DB room. In football, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Martin Emerson, all three of those guys on the outside can play football. And then Grant Delpit, former first round, first, maybe second round pick, coming off that torn Achilles last year, now fully healthy, 
He looks like a whole different animal. I think he was the second highest graded PFF player on the Browns, only behind Miles Garrett last night. It, it this defense is special. Dalvin Tomlinson up the middle. Um, they finally have the D tackle position solidified. Something I struggled. Nice to see Awok healthy, JOK out there making plays. Defense is Jim Schwartz in the bright spot. I hope to see Jim Schwartz as a head coach of the Cleveland Browns in coming weeks. Otherwise, it's it's going to be a long season for the Cleveland Browns, in my opinion. But I got the Browns against the Titans. Wasn't he the home. coach for the 0-16 Lions? You want that to be a part of your organization? You see the way he's coaching that defense, man? It's something Joe Woods couldn't do. It's an he, offensive league, man. I, and Kevin Stefanski is not off. So, I was talking. Kevin Stefanski, his offense is you know, in Minnesota, Dalvin Cook, he had great running back, superstar running back, Kirk Cousins, serviceable quarterback, you know, game manager. Comes to Cleveland, same thing, Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield. He implements that system. Now you got a guy that you banked all your money on, like you said, fully guaranteed 230. And it's, you got to be able to get, spread the offense out, get him out the gun, get a true offense out there. To where he looks comfortable and he's not dropping back three steps every time. And maybe the O-line, that's a whole nother story on their pass protection because it's, it's bad. But he, he's got a, it. He, he's a game manager, offensive coach, and now he has a gunslinger at quarterback without a running back. So that's why I called him Nick Chubb made at the, the beginning of this. But Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. It's going to take us next up, Bills, Commanders. Bills' favorite six and a half points on the road against the Commanders. Who you got? I'm going to take the Bills. They got a, you know, bounce back, get right game last week at home against the Raiders, which we kind of all saw coming. Commanders have been very, they've been competitive. They got two, not great, but okay wins considering they're the Commanders. They beat the Cardinals and Broncos, two teams we don't think are really good, but didn't really think the commanders would be that good. Sam Howell showing that he can, you know, be a serviceable quarterback. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson getting it done downfield. Brian Robinson, a big improvement in that running game and defensively, they've always been solid. Really, really good pass rush. Those guys on that front seven for the commanders get after the ball. Chase Young, he's back on that prove it, you know, prove it, prove it year. No deal signed for that fifth year extension. So he's hungry. I think the Commanders will be a solid team, but I think the Bills, Josh Allen, they played a lot, lot more conservative football against the Raiders. They didn't see any of those big shots down the field from Josh Allen like we did in week one where he was just kind of throwing fly balls to the outfield and just kind of whoever catches it, catches it. No, Josh Allen was very, very accurate, very precise, short, quick routes. They got the run game going a little bit. James Cook had a solid game against the Raiders. I believe Latavius Murray found the end zone a couple times for them as well. So it's nice to see, you know, Josh Allen finally kind of realize that he doesn't need to be, you know, the entire offense all the time. He can rely on his weapons. He can rely on those guys and still be able to win games. So I think the Bills are treading, you know, heading in the right direction. The Commanders will be a tough game on the road. I think it'll be competitive, but I, I still just, I think Josh Allen this Bills team, the way they've kind of turned stuff around and kind of 
pull the reins back just a little bit on Josh Allen and letting him know, like, hey, it's okay to throw five-yard checkdowns every once in a while. We don't need the home run ball every single time. Kind of gets that message a little more clear at this point, and I think the Bills get a nice win. Yeah, same here. I mean, Commanders, surprising football so far. Um, you mentioned that defense in the pass rush. Chase Young on that prove-it deal. Offenses look, you know, solid, serviceable. Bills, I think they're starting to trend in that right direction. Week one, you know, they kind of expected to play Aaron Rodgers and maybe gunsling it a little bit in that game plan and whatnot. You know, week two, they got on track. I know it's the Raiders, not really the best team, but now they're going up against the Commanders. They're probably, you know, stepped down from the Raiders, people think. Um, but regardless, I I got the Bills winning on the road. Six and a half points, I think it's too much for the Bills, but I like the way Gabe Davis, UCF legend, was out there uh, last week for the Bills. He was he was out there balling, man. We know Diggs, him and Allen getting on the same page and, you know, maybe see a little bit of the running game this week, kind of be conservative a little bit. But James Cook over there in Buffalo as well, I like him. Uh, I got the Bills. Josh Allen finally, you know, he's back to Josh Allen. Like I, that week one, it was a bad game. I think he's just – they're just going to be fine. The Bills are going to be one of the better teams in the AFC, as we predicted. So, dub on the road for the Bills moves us to the Indianapolis Colts playing the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to pick the Ravens this game at home. The Colts, not really a good team. And then Anthony Richardson pretty much banged up already. First game had the little knee. Now, concussion protocol. So, not what you want to see for your rookie franchise, hopeful QB. But the Baltimore Ravens, you know, coming in, we thought the AFC North was going to be one of the better divisions in football. Now it's like everyone around them is imploding in the AFC North, and the Ravens have just been steady. They've been okay. They haven't been great. They're not, you know, I don't think they're one of the best teams in football, but they've been solid. Lamar looked really, really good this week against the Bengals, kind of, you know, a better game from week one against the Texans. It's really, really nice to see Lamar get in that, you know, more of a passing, what looks like a modern-day NFL scheme. He gets the ball out so, so quick, has a really, really strong arm. He's making plays downfield. Zay Jones looks legit. So he's got playmakers. He's got weapons all around him, and that defense is serviceable. So as long as Lamar, you know, can stay upright and these playmakers stay healthy on the outside, I think the Ravens will be a very solid team in the AFC and they should be able to handle the Colts at home pretty convincingly. I agree with you. When, when I talk about the Browns, I say the Ravens are really the only team I think that can give problems um, to some teams. And I've always liked them, not liked them, but I always thought they have a true edge over the Bengals when Lamar Jackson is healthy. His ability to play make, um, put a team on his back, and just really open up an offense because – all eyes are on the quarterback. They take the eyes off the receiver. Lots of big plays downfield, man. Anthony Richardson has looked very good so far in his rookie season. You mentioned the concussion. Zach Moss had a solid game running the football. Ravens defense, what is it really? Uh, we don't know, man. But Ravens at home handling, you know, lesser Colts. Seven and a half point favorites. I got the Ravens at home. Uh, catching catching a dub as well that's gonna move us to afc east 
matchup. New England Patriots travel the MetLife to play Zach Wilson and the Jets. Who you got? I'm going to pick the Patriots here. I think the Patriots finally get their first win of the season. A pretty tough first two games for them. Those at home, you'd like to see them at least go one and one. But, I mean, they got the Eagles and Dolphins who look like to be one of the best team, two of the best teams in the league right now. So, it'll be nice for them to play against Zach Wilson-led Jets to where, if you remember last year, the kind of game that started it all, the big unravel for Zach Wilson's career, I believe, was against the Patriots. You know, Bill Belichick is going to do what he does best, confuse that young quarterback in the back, take away their number one option at this point. I guess it just scared Wilson, Brees Hall. They didn't even hand the ball off to really last week. Still on that snap count from his injury. Defensively, I like the Jets. I mean, it is what it, it is what it is at this point. We know how good this Jets defense is. We know how good this Jets offense can be potentially. It just comes down to who's running it. And Zach Wilson at this point against this Patriots defense who has been pretty competitive against two really, really good teams. Against a lesser quarterback, I think we just kind of see the Pats just take advantage of Zach Wilson. Doesn't really have a answer for the defense on Bill Belichick's side. And then offensively for the Patriots, Mac Jones is throwing the ball a lot. Now, not for a lot of yards maybe, but he's throwing the ball a lot of times. I believe he has the most pass attempts in the league. So they're going to throw the ball. Now, he may not have the best options on the outside to receive the ball, but he's going to throw it. So... It'll be fun. It'll be competitive. But I just think ultimately this Patriots defense will be too much for this Jets offense and Zach Wilson to overcome. Yeah, well, I was looking at it. And I was like, did you change my pick or something, bro? Because I must I must have put vodka in the water system at work. Cause <laughs> oh, you got the Jets, I, I put the man. Jets, oh, man. Now you switching it? I looked at it. Yeah, bro, I changed it. I was like, bro, there's just no way I believe in Zach Wilson. I'm Zach Wilson hater. That like, Rodgers was still back there. Like, yeah, I, it must, it it must have been. You know, I was just still thinking about Chubb yeah, when I made Nick those Chubb picks. injury had you. Yeah, yeah it just had me shook, man. I'm mentally, I got the Pats, man. And Bill Belichick, I mean, you touched it perfectly. Is he he makes these young quarterbacks see ghost of Sam Darnold, see ghost of Zach Wilson. I mean, it is the reason for this. So. I mean, the Patriots, I think they're just going to play a clean game. I don't think Mac throws the ball as many times as he has so far. I think they try to get Stevenson going somehow, some way. I know it's a strong front in this Jets defense, but it's not like the DBs or any scrubs out there either. So I got the Patriots on the road, tough win uh, against the Jets and division opponents. It's going to move us to the winless Carolina Panthers traveling to Seattle to play the Seahawks and the 12th man. Who you got? I'm going to take Seattle at home. Big bounce back game for Geno last week against the Detroit Lions on the road. DK Metcalf had a solid game, but Tyler Lockett just continues to be a very reliable target. Kenneth Walker, I believe, found the end zone. Defensively, still, you know, some kinks and stuff you might want to work out, but I think they have a solid defense. It was just really good to see Geno Smith get back on track. And for the Panthers, it's tough, man. I mean... Like you said, for the Texans, there's a reason they had two top five picks. There's a reason the Panthers had the number one overall pick. And their number one overall pick in Bryce Young is doing all he can. But it's tough. When you watch those weapons on the outside, I mean, when it's 2023 and your number one weapon's Adam Thielen at this point, it 
Like, what are we doing here? What are we asking for this man offensively? I saw, I mean, it was a big play. It was like third and third and 11. Bryce Young is sitting back in the pocket. No one's open. Everyone's blanketed. Pressure coming. He has to run and scramble and get it himself. So I think we see a lot more of Bryce Young just running for his life, trying to create, trying his best to get these drives started. Miles Sanders in that run game, not really getting much going. Offensive line isn't the best. I just think, you know, weapon-wise, they, they need a lot of help on the outside. They need a lot. Like, Adam Thielen and Hayden Hurst are his number one targets. Like, it, it's tough. Defensively, I think they're okay. J.C. Horn, he's still banged up. I believe he's on IR. Brian Burns, he's out there. I think they're going to be okay defensively. You lose Shaq Thompson, though, I think is an ankle injury. That's tough. Their defense is good enough. It's just offensively Bryce Young having to learn in a system like this with these weapons would not be easy for any quarterback. It's a tough task regardless, and I think it'll be a tough season for this Panthers team. And it might be a while until they can turn it around, until they can even find out if Bryce Young is the answer. Because right now, I just don't think it's fair what they're asking this young man to do in this offense. I agree, man. You look, you know... Two of their better players on defense, J.C. Horn and Shaq Thompson, both uh, IR. I think Brian Burns might have gotten banged up last night, too. Okay. Um, not sure about that. I was probably um, in my sorrows at that point. But other than Hayden Hurst, man, and Adam Thielen, I didn't actually even know who their wide receiver core was. I believe they have DJ, DJ Chark. Chark. They drafted Jonathan, Jonathan Mingo, Mingo second-round so. pick. He's also a really young guy. Yeah, not, you know, not proven. You don't really know what he has. to be a true number one. He's not Jamar looking, Chase or Justin Jefferson. Like, <laughs> Terrace Marshall. Terrence Marshall. LaVishka Chanel. I mean, come on, man. Like, like Yeah, you, you, it's a tough – I mean, I think his best weapons might be Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard over there. Like, I mean, that's not even you know top tier. Like, nah, those are serviceable players. Like, exactly. Those are someone you add when you have weapons on the outside. But I mean, it, it's kind of I don't want to say common sense, man. I don't want to, you know, say NFL anything can happen on any given week, man. But twelfth man, Seahawks at home. Geno Smith back on track. That team, Kenneth Walker looking all right over there as well. I mean, it's the Seahawks day. I got them winning against the Panthers, moving us to the Chicago Bears, who are also winless. They travel to Kansas City and play the Chiefs 12.5-point favorites. Who you got? Yeah, uh, Kansas City gets a layup here, I think. Might be like an alley-oop The Bears have been very disappointing to this point in the season so far. A lot of hope, a lot of hype for Justin Fields coming into the year. Some people even claiming MVP season from Justin Fields. Now, to where I believe he has the talent, I just don't see it right now at all. Offensive line is not there. Weapons a little bit better than the Panthers, but I think damn near on the same tier. They have DJ Moore, who I think is a really good receiver. But, I mean, outside of DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, these are okay guys in the league. But you would like to have more on the outside for a young quarterback that you're hoping to excel. When you look at all the top offenses, all the best teams, they have either a plethora of weapons or one really, 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 really good weapon. I mean, you can go down the line of all the teams that you think are good. 
The Bears aren't good. They don't have any good weapons. The Chiefs, oh, they may not have any good weapons. Well, good thing they have arguably the greatest tight end of all time in Travis Kelsey. They have Patrick Mahomes. Their defense is looking solid this year. I don't think it'll be any issue against the Bears. The Chiefs at home. I don't it probably won't even be 12 and a half. It'll probably be closer just because the Chiefs just are just trying to get out the game. They'll, they'll go up by 10 points and just run the ball out and just try to get it over with. Yeah, I mean, if you're fading this one, it's kind of crazy money line. It's the Chiefs, man. <laughs> you mentioned it. You know, Darnell Mooney, kind of more of a deep threat receiver. DJ Moore, the only one. I was watching film breakdown on Justin Fields today, and it's not even his reads. It's he sees it, he's getting ready to throw, and he kind of hesitates. It's lack of confidence, in my opinion, and, you know, we'll Which see. is easy to come by when, you know, you have pressure in your face all yeah. the time, and you guys on the outside aren't consistently winning. So, I think it's like a, it's like a never-ending circle, bro. It's like the blame is on everyone. It's like, oh, the guys can't block. Receivers aren't getting open, so Justin Field is bad. Justin Field is bad. <laughs> so the guys aren't blocking, so the guys aren't getting over. Like, it, it's just everybody, man. Scheme-wise, everything. I did see, watching a couple of the film videos, shout-out, I think it's the QB school on YouTube. Uh, JT O'Sullivan, the former NFL quarterback, does a really cool segment breaking down the quarterback playing, kind of diving into the offenses and stuff. So it's really interesting to see from, like, an NFL mind and, you know, from scheme-wise – why these teams are good or bad. But, yeah, Justin Fields and that Chicago Bears offense in total, I think is just – it just all needs to improve on every front. Yeah, so Chiefs confirmed on on this side, man. Moving us to Dallas Cowboys traveling to Arizona, playing the 0-2 Arizona Cardinals. Who you got? Yeah, at this point, like, how many – how many games are we going to give Dallas to where their defense just looks to be like the best thing since the 85 bears? Like, come on, bro. The Cardinals really dog. Like this is going to be another game where Josh Dobbs is not having fun. I'll tell you that. <laughs> this is going to be another game where Micah Parsons has a two sacks, couple pass breakups from Stefan Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs, And then somehow Micah Parsons catches an interception he has everyone saying, vote for me for the league MVP, not defensive player in the year. And there's not much you can say. And Dak Prescott does another four trips to the red zone and only gets field goals. But it doesn't matter because they scored two defensive touchdowns and took a pump back 30 yards. So, yeah, this is going to be an ugly game. Cowboys should handle business. And I think we just see more of what we've already been seeing from the Cowboys. Elite, elite defense and then the offense just doing what they need to do, not turning over the ball. Mike McCarthy making sure Dak Prescott doesn't have those 10 interceptions this year. That's the recipe for success. I got a Cowboys. Yeah, I'm not really going to say much. I don't know how. They're only minus 12 Chiefs, minus 12 and a half. Give me the Cowboys. You took the words right out of my mouth, man. Moving us to much better football game, hopefully. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Travel to Vegas to play the Raiders. Who's your pick? I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I think the way they won against the Browns was big for this team. Now, week one, they came out offensively. We saw the stat. What was it? One yard in the first quarter, first half. Half. Yeah, yeah one yard in the first half. 
Not a good look offensively. Now, this week against the Browns, another really good defense. I believe they had negative seven yards in the fourth quarter. Not a recipe for success. This Raiders team, I don't think defensively are nowhere near on the same level as San Francisco or Cleveland. So maybe this is a get-right game for Kenny Pickett. Maybe it looks more preseason-esque, hopefully, for the Steelers' offense. George Pickens had a really big play. Showed he can be a true number one receiver in NFL. Running back-wise, some questions about Najee Harris. Just, I don't know what's going on, but he just doesn't, it looks like he's lost a step. Doesn't look explosive. Doesn't look elite out there. Jalen Warren looked to be, you know, have better bursts, be the better option up front. I know sleeper. Every, what I told you, Jalen Warren, man, yeah. sleeper. Now I know everyone's coming from Matt Canada. Once his <laughs> job gone, it should have been gone a while ago. I don't blame them there. It's kind of unfortunate when you see this stuff, but Kenny Pickett definitely has to be better. But I mean, defensively, when you look at what they have on that backside, excluding Patrick Peterson, because when he was getting targeted in Week One and Two, that was like the only success both offenses had, and. Deshaun Watson, we talked about how he was going well when he was throwing at Patrick Peterson. Amari Cooper was looking pretty nice. So, besides that, TJ Watt, I mean, you just you can see how big of an impact he has on games, getting it done, sacks, scooping scores, batting balls down at the line. He's just a he's just a major major weapon defensively for that team, and I think. They're kind of like a mini version of the Cowboys. Offense scaled a lot back. Steelers where they just got to win defensively and can Kenny Pickett just be good enough. Now, so far, he hasn't been good enough. And there's been some costly turnovers and some bad football. But I think defensively against this Raider team where Jimmy G doesn't really threaten you deep or anywhere really unless it's a short passing game. Uh, Devontae Adams, I believe, got banged up as well. Jacoby Myers, he got that nasty concussion week one. Will he be back? Josh Jacobs, leading rusher last year. Non-existent. Just hasn't been able to get it going, and I don't think it'll be an easier matchup against the Steelers' defense. Tough, tough out for this Raiders team. And I think this will be a game where Kenny Pickett can kind of get at least closer to where the Steelers want him to be, to where he can at least manage this offense. So... I must just say another big game by the Steelers defense and they beat the Raiders on the road. Um, yeah, I mean I got the Raiders in this one. I I watched, you know, front to back that game last night, Steelers Browns, and I didn't see one thing I liked from the Steelers offense other than Jalen Warren. Um and when it came to their defense, you know, I will give them credit on their pass rush and disrupting, but I think it's more. It was more on the Browns and just collapsing miscues and you know obviously T.J. Watt he's gonna win. He's gonna win on the edge. Yeah, well they had a solid defensively played performance well, week one against the 49ers. T.J. Watt was still getting involved. It was just it you was know, Watt only. Well, yeah, I think he had what two sacks, three sacks, and a fumble I recovery. Think it was three, yeah, yeah. So I mean they have a solid defense. It's just tough when you just keep giving the ball up in there. 49ers, a team like that, is getting the ball in plus territory. Yeah, I think well, the Steelers have not, a good enough defense to handle the Raiders. Like, I mean, I mean, to handle them. And so I just, you know, the plays that they made defensively, I'm saying in week two, you know, week one, I mean, I'm not going to 
the the defense is not at all the question. Um, but you know, last night, a couple right bounces, you know, with that the strip sack fumble for six, the pick six that you know tip drill from Harrison Bryant, whatnot. It, you know, it's it's a good to great defense. I agree, but. I still think the Raiders got the edge. I think the run game finally gets going over there in Vegas for him and Josh Jacobs. Um, And I just see, you know, the Raiders play calling much better. Quick hitches. You mentioned Jimmy G. He's not going to burn you over the top. Quick hitches. Get the ball out. Get into space. And I kind of see, you know, the Steelers losing on the road to the Raiders. Um, Big win for Vegas right now at home. But you're going to move us to Sunday Night Football, man, and your Philadelphia Eagles. This is Monday Night Football, doubleheader. Oh, you're right, you're right. Steelers, Braiders, Sunday night. Yeah. Another doubleheader from the NFL, thank you. <laughs> Eagles, Bucks, man, they travel to Tampa Bay, playing in the Sunshine State. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Eagles here. I think it'll be a competitive game. But ultimately, I kind of think the Eagles found what their identity needs to be, at least this part and early on until they kind of get things figured out. Because Jalen Hurts hasn't looked like MVP level Jalen Hurts that we saw last year and through the playoffs and even in the Super Bowl, putting up all those yards and stuff. I think this team needs to lean more on the run game. We have the best offensive line in the league. I think we utilize it. You saw DeAndre Swift have that major, major game, monster game last Thursday against the Vikings. Kenny Gainwell, hopefully back. We don't need to see Rashad Penny on the field anymore. So I think that one-two punch will really, really be nice. Boston Scott, he'll get worked in as well. And I think the shots down the field will come with Devontae Smith, with A.J. Brown. You know, you saw a little A.J. Brown demanding the ball on the sideline. It's tough when you don't play the starters. I think they're still trying to, you know, figure out those wrinkles. But ultimately, I think offensively we'll be fine. Defensively is kind of where... It's tough at, man. A lot of injuries on that backside so far. Vontae Maddox, Torn Peck. He's probably going to be out for the season. You lose um, N'Kobe Dean at the linebacker. He's on IR. Reed Blankenship on the back end. He's been banged up. Bradbury missed last week as well with concussion. So hopefully some of those guys get back healthy. Solid, solid defensive line, I believe. Jay, uh, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis have both been the, I think they're the number three and number four graded defensive tackles on the year in the entire NFL. So getting a lot of good production from those guys in Terry. And then Josh Sweat, he's had a stellar start to the year. We'd like to see Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick as they get healthier as the season goes on. They'll be a bigger factor. I know Hassan Reddick is still playing with that big club on his hand. So right now, the Bucks surprised everyone. I think they'll be good. Baker's played well, like I touched on. That defense is solid. They got some decent weapons on the outside who will probably have good Solid games because the Eagles just can't stop the pass right now. But get those guys back healthy. Darius Slay, he's a little older, but still one of the best cover corners in the league. I think the Eagles play good team football here. I don't. I know you want to see Jalen Hurts make those big plays down the field. We got the talent, Dallas Goddard. All of these weapons can make big plays happen down the field, but it's tough, you know, when these teams are playing prevent defense and shell coverage on you the whole time. Just lean into the run. Eagles can win both ways. So it kind of just depends on how the game is going. And right now, I just think they're better at running the ball. So I'd like to see them lean more into that identity, run the ball, 
And then as the season goes on, as you get better looks, as you get more reps under your belt, then we kind of try to, you know, get that passing game going. But right now, I think as long as we keep running the ball, keep our defense healthy and fresh, we should it will be a solid team. I think we get a win against the Bucks. I'm I'm right there with you, man, with the Eagles. But I, I I've seen the Baker Mayfield script. I've seen it all. <laughs> um, you know, the hype, the the buying into the culture, love his heart. Still love what he did for the city of Cleveland, but you know, people are calling saying, you know, Baker's better than Deshaun, which the numbers prove right now, Baker is better than Deshaun Watson, but it, th- this is a league of consistency week in, week out. The production, I think the Eagles' um, defensive line has a field day against Baker Mayfield. I think they make him so. look like um, his last year in Cleveland. I think he's going to be shaking in his boots. What's that footwork going to be looking like? It's going to be happy feet in the pocket, man. <laughs> y'all ever seen the, the penguins slide around dance, man? This is exactly what it's going to look like. Probably the worst footwork in the pocket. You'll see, and I think, you know, he doesn't step up. So when Jalen Carter's coming in, he's going to be rolling out. You just got to contain with Reddick and, and Sweat on the outside. This is going to be, I think I think the Eagles kind of dominate Monday night football. And I think we get our first, you know, blowout in the Monday night window. Mm, which I think, yeah, maybe. Which leads us to the last Monday night game, Rams travel to Cincinnati to play the Bengals, Joe Burrow, injury, question mark, who you got? Yeah, so I believe the line of this game opened up at six and a half in favor for the Bengals, minus six and a half, and then moved to like Bengals minus one or two, and now there's just like no line on it right now. So clearly Vegas doesn't think the Rams are going to be playing in. I mean, excuse me, Joe Burrow is going to be playing and I kind of picked the Rams before I even heard about the Burrow news. So I think the Rams get it done. Matt Stafford has been playing really, really good football. Puka, he's in that Cooper Cup role, man. I mean, f- 15 targets this past More week. than Cooper Cup's ever had, too. Yeah, I think he's, like, set the receptions record for his first two games for a rookie. He's getting the yards. Mm-hmm. Just hasn't gotten in the end zone yet, but everything else he's been able to do. Catches, yards, everywhere. He's looked really solid. Kyron Williams kind of kicking Cam makers to the curve. He's looking like the number one running back for them. So I think this Rams team can be solid and competitive. And for the Bengals, man, this is like just basically the worst possible outcome, worst possible start to the season. Last year they were 0-2, but it kind of felt like, okay, they're better than this. They can bounce back from this. So far, this 0-2 feels different. Joe Burrow with the injury that calf strain is an injury that lingers and lingers for a very long time and is very easy to re-aggravate. I've had calf strains. It's not fun. So as long as Joe Burrow isn't health, like fully healthy and clearly not on the same page with his receivers, Jamar had a bad inter- interception last week Excuse me, against the Ravens in the red zone. It's going to be tough. Joe Mixon hasn't been able to get going. It, this offense just has looked very, very stale. Now, would you attribute that to an injury from Joe Burrow? I would. When he's fully healthy, when he's got the reps, when he's on the field, this is one of the you know better teams in the NFL. But right now, with everything going on, and Joe Burrow questionable to even play this Monday night game, I just think it's too many question marks. Whereas the Rams, they were a question mark coming in, surprised everyone. And offensively, Sean McVay has got this, you know, 
He's got this team rolling just the way they were, you know, when they were going for that Super Bowl when Cooper Cup was healthy and Stafford were healthy before. So Sean McVay on the road, it'll be a tough matchup, but I think the Rams can get it done. So I saw a little stat today. I got the Rams to start off, and I really wasn't going to go into it, but, uh, you know, it was kind of like when um, are we going to give Matthew Stafford his credit? Cooper Cup, single-handedly best receiving season in the NFL of all time. Megatron, uh, possibly the second best receiving season of a wide receiver. Kenny Galladay. Was he Matthew Stafford made? Yes. Um, Marvin Jones. Was he Matthew Stafford made? Um, it was a list of receivers that, you know, you kind of break down. Cooper Cup, obviously injuries. Megatron, very talented himself. Kenny Galladay, he he sucked. I mean, he was always solid in Detroit. You looked at him, and he was a very... Rob the Giants. Yeah, basically. I mean, and... It might be Kenny Galladay might just have to go dap up Stafford of how he made him look. He might make wide receivers Puka Nakua that good. Yeah, the dude's probably good, but I mean, he was drafted in what the fifth round, sixth. I believe fifth round, yeah. Yeah, so it's not like this dude was you know seen as one of the top talents, but Matthew Stafford yet once again is finding a way now that he's healthy. You know, last year battling that elbow issue, I felt like it took so much off of him, and. You know, we saw Tom Brady in his 40s go out there and win football games. And Stafford, you know, he's getting up there in age. But the way he's been able to make these receivers, and it was a great point pointed out, it, it's kind of crazy to watch. But, um, yeah, I got, I got the Rams on the road um, with the dub. So, we'll see. It's going to wrap up our pick'em's. For the week, man. Week three of the NFL season. We'll see. You got the one game edge currently on you in the pickums, man. Any last comments, concerns, anything like that, man? No, nah, man. Should no. It's been an exciting season so far. Injuries suck. It's unfortunate, but it's been some good football. Nick Chubb, man. Hope you just get better. That's all I wanted to say, man. Regardless, just know city of Cleveland got you. I'm pretty sure the whole NFL, man. It, you don't want to see any player go down like that, but uh, class act like Chubb, man. Regardless, go to go pod on TikTok, man. Go to go YouTube. Like, comment, sub. Like, comment, share on the talk, man. Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, all of that, man. Y'all tune in, man. Until next week, we appreciate y'all, man. Peace.